Welcome to DMs of Vancouver, the show where we talk to our awesome friends and amazing guests about how to help you become a better GM for your tabletop games or review games that we've played recently from a GM and a player perspective. I'm Jesse Boros, and my pronouns are he, him. I'm Sean Hagen, and my pronouns are also he, him. We're your co-hosts for this podcast, and we've got another great episode for you. This podcast is recorded and produced on the unceded territory of the Coast Salish people, including the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. In recognition of that, we ask that you please support Raven, a charity that helps support Indigenous people throughout Canada. You can find them at raventrust.com. And today we're doing another review, this time of Lasers and Feelings. Yes, Lasers and Feelings, the Double Clicks Tribute RPG, as it is technically known, uh, by... <laughs> John Harper of 1-7 Design. Yeah, and uh, we played uh, a session of this last weekend, and now that we've had some time to, to think about how that session went and our thoughts on the game, uh, let's dive in. Oh, Hope you enjoy the show. Yeah, <laughs> roll for initiative. We're still working on the intro a little bit. It's kind of clunky when it's just the two of us doing a review. But anyways, the review! We should probably just write a slightly different intro for the for reviews. <laughs> um, yes. Anyways. Right, so Lasers and Feelings is a mini one-page RPG that is a tribute to the band The Double Clicks, named after one of their songs. Um, and how do you want to talk about this, Sean? Do you want to talk about your experience as a player first, or should I talk about my experience as a DM? Uh, let's do a quick rundown of the like creating a character. I guess, yeah, let's do it from a player, because I can I can talk about creating a character and and uh, the creating a ship. Um, so this is pretty similar to a lot of other one-page RPGs out there where like character creation is not something you spend a lot of time doing because you know the it's a one-page RPG they can't devote the entire page to how do you create your character because there has to be like what dice do you roll and how does the GM do their thing. So for this game uh you choose a style for your character which is uh, a list of uh, alien, android, dangerous, heroic, hotshot, intrepid, or savvy. Uh, and then you choose a role from doctor, envoy, engineer, explorer, pilot, scientist, or soldier. And then you just choose a number between two and five. And that's uh, because this is a D6-based system. That number is what you're trying to roll either under or over, depending on if the GM says you're doing lasers or feelings. Yeah, we'll we'll get more into that later. Right. And uh, after the number, uh, you give your character a cool space adventure name, as the PDF says, like Sparks McGee or something. McGee? McGee? I don't know. I think McGee, yeah. honestly. And uh, it has a tells you what you have, which is a, a uniform, which has a vac suit for spacewalks, a super sweet space phone camera community communicator scanner thing with universal translator and a variable beam phase pistol set to stun usually. Um, and the player goal is to get your character involved in crazy space adventures and try to make the best of them. And then you choose a character goal, which is uh, from a list that they've got here and talk about this in a second. But uh, so the, the goals they supply are become captain, meet new aliens, shoot bad guys, find new worlds, solve weird space mysteries, prove yourself or keep being awesome. And then in quotes, you have nothing to prove. <laughs> um, but yeah, it does say that you can create your own, but I like that they have this like short little list of like, yeah, it's, it's a two to four word sentence. That's just like what your character is trying to do. It's, it's a very elegant way to include it in there and be like, yeah, these are some examples. And if you want, you can just pull from these examples because there's plenty of them. 
Yeah. But yeah, this is generally what they look like. Yeah. And then the next thing is that once everybody's created a character, you all work together to create your ship. Um, because at the top of the PDF, it's, uh, you are the crew of the interstellar scout ship Raptor. Uh, so like the ship already has a name and they've got a picture, which is like a Star Trek inspired, like, you know, engines are on these arms off to the sides. Uh, but you could probably say that your ship has whatever design you want. Um, yeah. One thing I do find interesting that within the design is that it, you're apparently in a scout ship. So I feel like that's like very big looking for a scout ship but that's a quibble yeah it's yeah it's it's one of those things where it's like because a scout ship could mean anything from like yeah it's a small ship of like the people in your party are the only people on the ship minus your captain who has been uh uh, overcome by the strange psychic entity known as something else yeah we're gonna read Um, that i'm gonna read that section when we get to the dming thing that whole thing yeah but the so like if you've got four people playing like I guess it's a conversation you could have as you're setting up the ship is like, are we the bridge crew and there are other people or is this a very small ship and it's just the three or four or whoever many people you're playing with? Um, But yeah, that was a conversation we didn't have and I think it caused some confusion. Yes, it definitely did. Um, But uh, yeah, so you pick two strengths for the ship uh, from a list of fast, nimble, well-armed, powerful shields, superior sensors, cloaking device, and fighter craft. And for our game, we went for, I think, fast and powerful shields. I think it was nimble and powerful shields. Yeah. And then you also have to pick one problem. Uh, And the list they've got there is fuel hog, which is you always need energy crystals. Only one medical pod and Captain Darcy is in it. Horrible circuit breakers in battle consoles tend to explode on the bridge. Uh, and uh, the last one is Grim Reputation. Captain Darcy did some bad stuff in the past. And we went with Grim Reputation, I think, but it didn't really come into play. No, we went with only one medical pod. Right. Yeah, only uh, one medical pod. A pre- it, the reason you may have recalled that is in a previous game I ran of it, we went with Grim Reputation and we uh, spent a bit of time talking about it when we played. Okay. Um, but that's it. Like that's, you know, you create your character by choosing from two different lists so that you have a style and a role. You pick a number between two and five, give them a name, uh, give them a goal and you've got a character and then all the players work together to pick the strengths of the ship and figure out what the problem is that the ship always has that, uh, the GM can use to throw curveballs in your direction. Yeah. So... Uh, speaking of the GM and as the GM, let's talk about GMing this game. Um, so while you obviously don't have to use it because one of the beauties of this game is it's very easy to change, there is a kind of canned opening kind of like text crawl introduction, which is you are the crew of the interstellar scout ship Raptor. Your mission is to explore uncharted regions of space, deal with aliens, both friendly and deadly and defend the consortium worlds against space dangers captain darcy has been overcome by the strange psychic entity known as something else leaving you to fend for yourselves while he recovers in a medical pod and that's how every game if you're going strictly by the sheet starts i just want to say that i like i like the fact that it takes one of the potential uh pain points of who's the captain out of your hands by saying the ship has a captain. He's just out of commission right now because of this strange psychic entity. Yeah. It's a, it's a good little kind of canned intro to anything. And like, 
I like the idea of if you replay this game with the same people multiple times, it's just always the thing. It's like one of those old cartoons where it's just like, it's always the same problem that never gets solved. Yeah. But anyway, um, Sean. Uh, there's a term for that trope of everything like resetting back to normal at the end of an episode. Can't remember what it's called. But anyways, you're going to ask me a question. Yes. Sean, how long do you think it took me to prep this game? Uh, Less time than it took for us to create our characters. That's true. <laughs> uh, so well, one of the beautiful things about Lasers and Feelings is that the GM has a set of tables to create a space adventure. You do four rolls, you get a threat, you get what that threat wants to do, what they're doing it to, and what that will cause to happen. So, you know, I rolled some dice and the threat was space pirates who wanted to occupy an ancient space ruin that which would rip a hole in reality. And that's your adventure created, the entire skeleton of it in less than a minute. And then if you're like me, and also a thing the game does encourage when you're running the game is to not decide too far ahead what's going to happen because, you know, you don't roll any dice. There aren't any, like, actual statted monsters or anything in this game. It's just a matter of the player's actions and whether or not they succeed and if there are consequences. So it's, I think, a game that really emphasizes and kind of encourages gms to just have that loose skeleton maybe with a couple of plot points here and there that you might want to use but not over prepare because over preparing won't actually really help you that much yeah i do want to say that i think it's kind of funny that um so like each of the tables for the threat what they want what the threat wants to do what they want to do it to and what that'll end up doing each of them is six things but i love that one of the like what they want to do is bond with. So you could have something like the cyber zombies want to bond with the space pirate queen, which will reverse time. <laughs> yeah. And like the nice thing about this game is it's, it's obviously meant to be a lighter in tone game. It's called lasers and feelings, but it really allows you to go either way. Cause you could be like, Oh yeah. The cyber zombies are literally going to bond with a space queen, like make her a cyber zombie. But you could also easily play it with, yeah, they're going to really get to know the Space Queen, become close friends, and that's going to destroy the universe for whatever reason. Like, you can take it anyway. Yeah. So, um... It's, uh, yeah, and... Go ahead. Yeah, I just want to say really quickly that, like, the the fact that you've got these four tables, and, like, you don't have to roll, you can just pick, but with these four tables, there's enough combinations that, like... If you've got a group that's up for it, like this could be something that you play kind of often. And every time you have a like three hour, four hour session and it's a completely different adventure every time. Oh, yeah. And like the thing I really like about the list or these tables, which is similar to the character goal list, is it's very much a like once you look at these a bit, you get a feel kind of for what else you could put there. So like say you were playing going to play this multiple times, like say it became your regular game. Because it's, it's kind of light and fun and easy to set up and get, get through a whole adventure in like three to four hours. Easy. I think for us it was less. I think we, we finished it in an hour and a half. Um, yeah. If you wanted, you could easily put this on a table and like Google charts or whatever, you know, remove things as you do them and come up with new ones to go in there. And it would work and it wouldn't be that much work for you to do, um, which is actually why there are about 
that's a hundred or so hacks of this system, putting it in like, oh, it's Star Wars now. It's something based on Carly Rae Jepsen's music. It's fantasy. It's post-apocalypse. It's on and on and on and on. Like it, it's very because it's so simple. It's very versatile. Uh, no, I just wanted to like really quickly. I was just looking up because um, one of the things that uh, is really cool about this game is that. It's it's licensed under a Creative Commons license, uh, which if you're not familiar with, it's a copyright license, which is the idea that, uh, you know, it's a way to license something that lets people still do stuff. Like, I think the one that people are probably most familiar with is the idea that, like, if you Creative Commons license, like, a photo or a piece of music or whatever, like, people, depending on what license you do, like, people can use it and remix it or put it in collages or whatever it is they want to do. And for this one, it's a uh, attribution, non-commercial share alike, which basically just means that like you have to give uh, uh, attribution. I, I don't know the word you have to let people know that like you took laziness and feelings and modified it is how you came up with your version. Uh, but you can't sell it and you have to uh, use the same license. So it's basically like, yeah, you can make your own free, uh, hacks of this game you just have to let people know that it's a hack of lasers and feelings so yeah there are because um, there's one that you did for a uh, a charity stream wasn't it like goblins and feelings or something we called it goblins and feelings it oh, was okay. literally just lasers and feelings i think oh, we just okay. changed <laughs> the alien potential thing to like space goblin or something like that <laughs> all righty um but yeah, it's it's a. Uh, I think it's really cool that it's licensed that way. But um, yeah, and and it has a little bit of a like because it is a one page RPG. There isn't a lot there, but the thing that they do have for the GM because uh, there's basically three columns because it's a landscape page. There's three columns. There's a column for the players, calling for rolling the rolling the dice, which we'll get to in a bit. But the last column is for the GM, and it's basically just those four tables, but also a there's just a section on the like uh, it's like two paragraphs on how do you run the game and um they i think the thing that they did well was describing like how do you gm this in a like i don't want to say simple because it's a concise it's concise that's what it is is that it's a concise two paragraphs of here's how you run this game yeah it's and it's very helpful because it's just basically like you set the scene you introduce why the villains are bad and you have an example of the recent badness and like before the threat happens, you show signs that it's about to happen. And then that's basically all you do. And again, a lot of this, especially if you're familiar with whatever genre the game is taking place in when you run it, is really easy to do off the top of your head. Like Lasers and Feelings is legitimately one of those games where you can sit down with friends and decide, oh, hey, let's play let's play some tabletop tonight. Uh, yeah, I'll just I'll print off the PDF for everybody and we'll play in five minutes. Yeah. And that's and it, that is something that's really awesome is the fact that because it is this free one page PDF, like printing it off or just like sending the link to everybody, like people can just have their phones on the like zoomed in on the player section and have everything they need. Exactly. Uh, so next we'll talk about the second column, the middle column, rolling the dice. Uh, so basically, whenever a character does anything risky or difficult, they need to roll dice. Ob obviously, these are tabletop RPGs. That's what you usually do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so you have you start off with one d six. You always get to roll at least one. However, 
you that way you can only get one success and with one success you barely manage what you're trying to do and there's complications and harm or a cost how you get more d6s is by being prepared or maybe being an expert and these are all things that the player and the gm can kind of discuss as they go like there are lots of examples of like sean's character who is a pilot trying to do risky pilot things and we're like well, you might not be prepared for this exact situation, but you're definitely an expert, so you definitely get a second one. Um, and then you can also get additional D6 by someone helping you. So someone's like, uh, yeah, I like, you know, Crash is trying to do this dangerous maneuver and it's like really going to rock his chair back. So I'm like bracing it behind him to make sure he can like keep his hands on the, the throttle or whatever. Like that, that's that's how it works. You know, kind of standard like help actions in D&D and other stuff like that. Pretty straightforward. As you get more success. The thing I like about the helping though. Go ahead, please. The the thing I like about helping is that you have to roll and get a success to help. Oh, do you? Yeah. Yeah, it says helping. Oh. If you want to help someone else who's rolling, say how you try to help and make a roll. If you succeed, give them plus one dice. So I like that because it means that like, you're not automatic, like you don't have to just justify it to the GM. Like you have to actually succeed at trying to help the person. Nothing yeah. bad happens if you fail the roll. It just means that they don't get an extra dice. That's interesting because there were points in the game where we definitely did that because it was like, you're going to do a thing which will help this other thing later. But most of the time I didn't actually make people roll. So that was a mistake I was making while running the game, which goes to show even with a one page RPG, you can miss some details. <laughs> yep <laughs> um anyway successes so as i was saying earlier one die you barely succeed two dice you do it well good job so you do what you wanted to do pretty kind of standard line three dice successes or more is when you get a critical success and the gm gets to tell you some special effect that you have done by doing this and there's one more thing, and this ties to the number you picked with character creation. Well, it all ties to the number, but this specifically ties to it. If you roll the exact number that your quote-unquote stat is, you get a laser feeling, or laser feelings. Which means not only is it a success, but you get to ask the GM a question and they must answer honestly. And it can be something you want to know, it can be something Actually, this your character wants to know. Go ahead, Sean. It's something that I'm cur curious about is because, uh, like, if it says it says above the uh, like how many successes and what that means, it says if you're using lasers, you want to roll under your number. If you're mm -hmm. using feelings, you want to roll over. And then for laser feelings, uh, it just says you get a special insight to what's going on. Ask the GM a question; they'll answer you honestly. So it's something that like I didn't really think about when we were playing, but I'm wondering if that means like. Is a laser feeling actually a success? It is. Oh, no, it, it does. It says right below it because I'm blind. A roll of a laser feelings counts as a success. And when we were playing, this actually came up because the obvious place to put it would be right next to, like, you get a laser feeling. This counts yeah. as a success and is how I would format it. Um, yeah. But what it is, is later down, after examples of questions in brackets, it says... A roll of laser feelings counts as a success, which is yeah, like not a great place to put it. Maybe if it was like bold, but it's not <laughs> bold. Yeah, I think you know what would actually make sense from a layout perspective for me is that like because it has 
in the column, it's like rolling the dice and when you do something risky, blah, 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 blah. And then it has like this little section in blue where it's got this down arrow. If you're using lasers, you want to roll under and then an up arrow off to the left. If you're using feelings, you want to roll over. It almost feels like in between those two, he wants to say, if you roll your number, you get a laser feelings. And yeah, then... yeah, exactly. Um, um, but this brings us to kind of the important kind of crux of the entire rolling is are you rolling lasers or are you rolling feelings so how this comes about is you choose your stat sean had two i believe which meant he was more yeah feelings because for feelings you need to roll over your number or match it so if you choose a two well you know you get three four five six you get four numbers over five if you count the two it's pretty easy to succeed in a feelings roll However, if you want to do lasers, you have to roll one or two, which makes it much more difficult to do those kind of rolls. Um, Sean, yeah. would you like to explain to our listeners what laser, what the difference between lasers and feelings are? Yeah, so I think what we kind of settled on was like lasers means that like you're trying to, you're doing science or you're doing something that involves like reason. Uh, you're trying to be like calm, collected, uh, that kind of thing. Using feelings is uh, like it's something you're doing like passionately or it's something that you're trying to be. I would say like this is like charisma check kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and like you're doing something wildly without concern for, uh, you know, trying to do it properly, that kind of thing. And it's I, I guess for me, like the where they say like if you're using lasers and then in brackets science comma reason you want to roll under and then if you're using feelings in brackets uh rapport comma passion it's it's one of those things that i think you definitely have to sit down like the last thing you do after the players have created their characters in the ship and the gm's figured out what the adventure is is like everybody kind of has to agree what it means for lasers versus feelings because it feels like if you don't set some ground rules, it's the kind of thing where somebody like chooses two for their number and they just say that they're doing everything passionately. So they get to roll feelings. Yeah. That's one of those things where I think that always comes down to players and GMs and like how fair they're willing to be with stuff. I like, you know, there were definitely some instances in our games where one of the players was like, I do this and I want it to be a feelings role. And I like, got them to repeat what they were doing and went like, I'm sorry, but that is definitely a laser's role. And that happens. Yeah. Like that's just, you know, you have to be, you know, adults or responsible at the table and just be like, well, no, that it's this because of this. Um, and accept your players if they make a case for it. Or like, you know, uh, if a player was like, okay, yeah, I want to do this thing and it should be this. And you're like, no, no, that, that doesn't really fit. Um, you know, allow your players to be like, if you want to like especially for this it's a light fun game allow your players to change their mind and try something different yeah and i think it's it's a case of like there are certain kinds of things that are going to be laser like if you're doing like actually doing science you're in the lab trying to mix all these things to come up with a cure for the captain or to stop the virus or whatever it is the cure for the cyber zombies like that's going to be a a laser's role because it's science you are doing science but there are things that like you know maybe for piloting like you know if you're trying to uh 
chase down the space pirates like you can say like i'm gonna plot a course and think about like i'm gonna you know plot this course in a way that's like it is the the fastest way it avoids these obstacles i'm trying to be as rational as possible about how i plot this course to their base i could see that being good case for like yeah you can roll that as lasers but you know there are some things like talking to people trying to convince the bad guy that maybe don't blow up the universe you know a speech or like that kind of convincing role, like that's going to be feelings. Like, I guess like, even if you say you're trying to be like, like connect with them rationally, it's still trying to convince somebody. So it should still be feelings. So yeah, I think it's just, yeah, you have to have that conversation around how this, the roles work, how they're going to play out. Well, see, that's one thing I actually really like is I think you're, uh, a little bit incorrect there in that like you can use lasers to try and convince somebody it's like if you're trying to convince uh, say in star trek a vulcan of something something you're gonna want somebody who can be kind of very rational and calm and but that's the thing is the great thing about lasers and feelings and the great thing about the single stat you choose is it highly influences the character you play like yeah you know you if you're good, better at lasers, you're going to want to always try and use lasers. That makes sense, right? Um, so mm-hmm. you always try and think about how your character is going to use that in the situation they're in. And if you're in a situation where you need to talk to somebody, you know that might be the way you try and do it. Which is great because then if your character does have to roll feelings because they just can't, you know, because you know there are people who are going to be persuaded by logic. Uh, especially in like an alien sci-fi setting and there are people who are going to be persuaded by passion and it's not always going to be the same you know one person might only be able to be persuaded by that thing i mean granted yeah the way successes yeah, work that. you still succeed but you can you can justify everything as long as you can tie it back into the character and into basically the kind of sphere you're more comfortable in so, so something that I'm curious about, um, because you, you've g- GM'd this game twice now, and I'm curious to see what your feelings are on it, but um, the fact that characters don't have health and that there's no, like, outside of saying, like, you know, if you don't succeed here or, you know, if you only get one success, then you're going to lose a hand or something. Like, how do you... F- feel about like not having a an explicit lever for putting characters in danger i mean there is though first of all the whole setup is like you're you're in danger right Uh, second of all if you fail if you roll zero successes things go wrong they get worse somehow i guess what i'm saying is that like yeah they get worse somehow and that could mean like yeah instead of instead of reprogramming the ship's computer it's now a malevolent malevolent ai but I guess what I'm trying to say is like, you know, in uh, in games where you have like health or some kind of like a new Monero where you have a pool and when it's when you've used it up, then you're at a disadvantage. Like there's no way to say like, you know, you have minus one dice on your future rolls until you get your arm fixed kind of thing. I mean, you can do that, though. If someone roll also like if somebody rolls a one, there is a complication, complication, harm or cost. You can say that the cost is, you know, you can no longer get help from allies or um, you are not prepared for the next X amount of time. Like there's like, you know, there are ways to do that. Uh, It's not explicit, 
which is I think where I guess that's of, what I'm getting where, at. Yeah, where you're rubbing up against, right? It's a thing that you have to think about yourself. But like the thing is, is like this is not really a game where you're necessarily trying to kill your players, but it's pretty easy to do that. Like any number of times your party could have died when you were piloting. If you had not rolled any successes, you would have crashed and potentially died. Like that's and that would have been it. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess this is the thing that is always going to um it's always going to bug me a little bit for for one page RPGs or really simple games where where there is no health stat or something explicitly laid out because I guess it's it's probably just me overthinking things but it's like if I don't have a way to kind of keep track of how damaged somebody is that they don't it's not laid out that I'm always going to be worried that I'm either that the challenges that I put in front of players aren't going to feel like they have any teeth yeah, I can see that. But I also think that perhaps if you want a game where things have a bit more teeth and there's a bit more risk and tension, this is probably not the game for you. And that's okay. True. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I like I like everything else about this game. I'm just thinking that like maybe it's just my modification to lasers and feelings is like on a one or a zero, you get, you know, minus one dice until you do something to resolve that harm. Yeah, and like that would be like the openness of the game, how it's built, allows you to easily slot that in without actually ever counteracting anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and like that's the thing is the other nice thing about this game being so simple is it's easy to add something in to modify it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, I would probably have to like make sure I don't turn this one page RPG into a like 60 page thing, but. I mean, that's, at that point, that's it's me and overcomplicating things. Yeah. And like, that's the thing, right? Like not every game has to be everything to everyone who plays it. It's small games, especially are allowed to just kind of be their one thing. And that's great. Yeah. That's the appeal even. Yeah. And it's one of those things that like coming into a game like this as a GM, like if you feel that it's wonky, you either have to be prepared to like, house rule it or to just roll with it and say like yeah like unless the ship you're on blows up you're probably not going to die and just like roll with that yeah and i mean it's a choice i made right like when we were playing there was a a point where Haley's character was in a lot of danger and i very could have easily been like no you the the enemy kills you yeah i didn't do that because that's not really the tone i wanted but it would have been very easy to do yeah for sure um yeah, I think uh, so. That's the the system, and like we've gone over character creation, how GMs are in the game. Um, having GM'd twice now, um, what's something you like about the system, and was there any particular pain point that uh, that you dealt with in both games, or maybe just came up in one of them? Uh, I mean, there it's both are kind of the same thing. Is that the game is very simple, which is both great and can be a problem if you're trying to do something specific with it right so i didn't have a particular issue where that really became a problem but i can easily easily see how it was like you mentioned life um also like you know lasers and lasers and feelings as stats are uh intentionally pretty vague (laughs) yeah so like you you can very easily i can definitely see uh with certain players having arguments as opposed to discussions or brief back and forths about what should be which yeah 
On the the player side of things, uh, I don't think there was anything that really stuck out to me as a particular pain point. It's mostly like stuff that I that's occurred to me like after we played and while we've been recording is like, oh, what about this? What about what about this? I'm be missing this lever. I can't control things the way I'm used to. <laughs> but uh, as a player, it was fun experience. Uh, I love how simple it is to create a character um, because that is. Something that I've found sometimes with some games um, is that you can have a game that's like really straightforward and fun to play, but for some reason, character creation takes two days in a spreadsheet. <laughs> um, looking at you, Eclipse Phase, looking at you. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like the fact that you can get going really quickly, that, you know, the GM can prep the game in less time than it takes to create a character, which means that like, if you've got the PDF saved on your phone, you're pretty much good to go at any time. If people like you're stuck in an airport or you're on a road trip or wherever you happen to be and people want to play a game, it's one page PDF, which means it's really simple to get going. And I, I really appreciate that because it's a little niche that I think, you know, when we start, people are able to start hanging out and, uh, not have to be on opposite sides of the room and we can actually play tabletop games again uh, in person. These kind of games, I think, will be great for people that are, you know, haven't played at a table and just want something fun and simple to play to get back into the the swing of things. Yeah, it's it's really great in that it is a super low uh, time commitment up, up front, right? You don't need to spend an hour or two making yeah. a character for a four-hour session, which I have definitely done many times in other games and like the fact is this is not going to take you much longer to make a character the first time than it will the second time or the third time yeah i mean you might get stuck like trying to decide like oh do i want to be the pilot or do i want to be the scientist but that's hopefully not a decision that takes you two hours (laughs) exactly um i think that's that's pretty much it we've covered pretty much anything everything there is to cover because again this is a one-page rpg there's not a ton of depth besides what you bring to the table hell yeah dude it's 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 great it's very simple it's fun and like i mentioned earlier easily hackable if you want to take it and be like i want this to be swords and sorcery it's it's gonna take you like maybe 15 minutes realistically for sure um cool well i think that's that's it for this episode unless there were some Closing thoughts, final things you wanted to say about lasers and feelings? There's nothing final I want to say specifically about lasers and feelings, but I do want to say again that this game is made by John Harper. You can find it at 17design.com, and uh, you should check it out. And I mean, honestly, if you just Google lasers and feelings hacks, you're going to find a ton in alternate genres. It's very easy to find this. Like, I feel like every year or two, somebody on Reddit compiles a list of all of them <laughs> cool Alrighty. um well i think that's it then time for the outro the outro which i do not have pulled up oh it's on the same thing as the intro thing yep thanks again for listening to our show we are proud members of the cave goblin podcast network find us and other shows at cavegoblins.com you can support us and the network by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash cavegoblins or by joining our Discord. You can also support us by leaving a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to the show. And you can find us on Twitter at DMs of Vancouver, Jesse Barros, and Sean P. Hagan. 
Our theme music is Overworld by Kevin McLeod, and you can find more of his work at incompetech.com. Our art is done by the wonderful Haley Boros. See more of her work at haleyboros.com. That's all for this episode. Hope to see you out there at the gaming table. Yeah. weekly show on the cave goblin network exclusive to patreon backers of just one dollar or more each series lasts for a maximum of 12 episodes then switches hosts and premises series two is tabletop tales hosted by me jesse boros where i interview people about memorable stories from their tabletop gaming sessions hear the adventures at patreon.com cavegoblins hey there lovely listeners I'm Talia Murdoch, and I'm here to tell you about my show, Everything Economics. Every week, I talk about the world around you, specific social and economic issues, and dive into how fantasy realms would work in real life. That's Everything Economics on the Cave Goblin Network. This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.